Thank you, everyone, for listening to the draft edition of Orlando Magic Pod Squad presented by Starry. Magic fans, grab yourself an ice-cold Starry lemon-lime soda. Starry hits different. Starry is the official soft drink of the Orlando Magic. Oh, we have a lot of fun getting Magic fans ready for the upcoming 2023 NBA Draft that comes your way Thursday at 8 o'clock on ABC and ESPN. The Orlando Magic have the 6th overall pick and also the 11th overall pick. And we preview what might happen on draft night, maybe a direction or two that this Orlando Magic team may go, and the options that are available to this Magic team that really has set themselves up nicely under the leadership of Jeff Weltman and John Hammond, where they have a number of options. They can go via free agency, via trade, or continue to build through the draft with this young upcoming team and starting to get some national notice for this Orlando Magic roster. So that's a lot of fun too. And of course, some off-season moves and trades and things that have happened that don't necessarily involve the Orlando Magic. We cover it all on this edition, the draft episode of Magic Pod Squad presented by Starry starts now. This is Fonz Wagner of the Orlando Magic. This is Cole Anthony. This is Jalen Suggs. This is Paolo Bancaro of the Orlando Magic. And you're listening to the Pod Squad. And welcome, everyone, to another edition of Magic Pod Squad. Oh, it's great to get the band back together again. This draft episode of Magic Pod Squad is presented by Starry. The good folks at Starry. Yes, Magic fans, grab yourself an ice-cold Starry lemon-lime soda. Starry hits different. Starry is the official soft drink of the Orlando Magic. Magic. Boy, it's a that, good thing. I, it's a good in. thing I bought this giant starry. Yes, David Steele, <laughs> Jake this. Chapman, Jeff Turner, George Galante. Well, I think we all are well aware that David has said, "I will not do another pod squad unless we get a sponsor." So, mission accomplished. <laughs> right. Good job, Dante. Mission accomplished. But I, and I'm the only one, and I'm the only one who's starryless. So, how do you figure that? <laughs> what happened? Starryless star- just didn't arrive. It's probably coming this afternoon. I, I feel like know. I feel like I could share this one with everybody. Yes. Yeah, you could. you could feed uh, a small country. <laughs> this is great. Well, it's great to have the good folks of Starry on board and a lot to get to here on Magic Pod Squad. We're going to give you a little pre-draft coverage. The draft, of course, comes your way Thursday at 8 o'clock on ESPN and ABC. We'll have another podcast uh, coming your way on Friday with whoever we pick. So we're excited about that. Get your opportunity to, to see our first draft pick. But David, thank you for letting me use your cabin, first and foremost. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, this is, well, you're welcome. You're looking good up there in North Carolina. Huh? Pretty cool up there, huh? It right is now? nice up here. It is nice up here. Did you enjoy your time up here? You love getting away to the cabin. Haven't had enough. Haven't had enough time up there. But uh, July is our month. We'll get up there in July. JT's headed up that way, too, I think. Oh, good for you, JT. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do a little family trip in July. I got to get, you know, I'm still working on my rehab, man. I got, you know, I'm, I'm a new person now. You okay, know, so fill to- us in. Fill everybody <laughs> in, Jeff. You're a brand new man. I'm a brand new man. I got a new, I got a new wheel um, after years of limping around on my bad <laughs> left leg. Um, I didn't realize how bad it was until somebody uh, recently emailed me a video. They were walking out behind me after a game. <laughs> I'm walking with Vince Carter and we're walking down over the Geico bridge and they're behind me videotaping me. <laughs> oh my God. It looks like Joe Theismann is about to break his leg every time. So it's oh, pretty, it pretty ugly. So um, rough year going up and down the, uh, sure. the steps for interviews. Um, but I'm a new man now. I got me a new three weeks today. Um, wow. Got me a new knee. Yeah. I'm doing Are you great. full? Any limitations? Are you full? 
full go? I'm, I'm still working through the rehab process. I mean, still some swelling and everything, but uh, doing great. So um, it, it's not for the faint of heart. Let me just say that. Uh, <laughs> I can a, imagine. Yeah. yeah. That, now that you have no excuses. You, you have no you, excuses, George. though. For te- well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you have no excuses to tell Ty, though, now that you can't go down the stairs. That, that's true. realize that that's part of the part. No, of the I understand. I understand. Yeah, that's tough. I understand. That's tough. Yeah. And Jake yeah. and Jake, but I don't. Any- I will have a problem going down the stairs. That's now. right. True. True. It's got new yeah. legs. So Very true. I'm an, inch, I'm an inch taller, so it's pretty cool. So. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Maybe I should get that, Dante. That's right. <laughs> I know six I, of them. <laughs> Seriously. And Jake, anything new with you since the season ended? No, anything not much. Not much. You? <laughs> just hanging out. Just hanging out. Um, new baby girl Josie. She is sleeping yeah, right now. Yeah, I was going to. If she was going to make her debut, if she was up, but if if I go wake her up, then I'll be single. So I don't. I, we're we're <laughs> not going to do that. that. <laughs> we won't do that. <laughs> Things are great. Uh, Mama Kelly is. She's just killing it. Uh, the way I described it is, she's Taylor Swift, and I'm a roadie. And so it's, you know, yes. I'm just, I'm yes. just keeping the amps plugged in over here, but uh, things are really good. She's uh, a month and a day yesterday or a month yesterday. So uh, having a lot of fun, getting some sleep when we can. And, but it's, I mean, it's the most amazing thing that ever happened to me. So we're doing good. There's nothing better. There's nothing better. You won't say that for another year or two, but there's nothing better. Everybody always uses the word yeah. messy to describe it. And, that, and I think that's, that's, literal that's metaphorical it is it's it's just kind of a mess of emotions but all good stuff and that's just like anything in life there's uh you got to take the 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 bad with the good and it's mostly good i mean it's just uh there's there's just nothing like it when she looks up at you and I find myself tearing up at random times i'm watching yes. commercials and stuff like <laughs> uh it's for a 39 year old it's a it's a brave new world <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, good for you. Congratulations, guys. And again, welcome awesome. everyone to Magic Pod Squad. Guys, we got the draft coming up here in a couple of days. So at this recording, uh, it's Tuesday and we got the draft coming up on Thursday. But before we get into our guys real quick, I mean, two things since the season ended. I, I counted six new coaches, right? Six coaching changes since the season ended and the rumored trade of a superstar and Bradley Beal to the Phoenix Suns, right? That was a big one. And and. You know, guys, big name, big teams too. You look at Milwaukee. You look at Phoenix. I mean, start there. Where was your biggest surprise? I, I guess in the coaching carousel uh, on on the kind of on, uh, these teams with new coaches here. Can, can I'll jump in. I, I thought Phoenix was the one that that yeah. really surprised me. Letting go of Monty Williams, uh, I thought was was wild because you just you, you know how much those players <laughs> like or at least from the outside you assume that the players really enjoy playing for Monty Williams he 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 brought that team uh to new heights after being in the doldrums for a really long time and uh there was a bunch you know look at the look at the list there were how many coaches of the years that all just got fired <laughs> within right. within Amazing. you know within about a 72 hour span it was it was really it was really wild really crazy that's the, but phoenix one is the one that surprised me the most and then now with the with the supposed beal trade too like they're the ones that are that are just out there yeah, <laughs> causing a lot of causing a lot of chaos right now is are the phoenix suns for sure to me, um, Adrian Griffin getting the job in Milwaukee might have been the most interesting hire with all of those big name coaches you were just talking about that were available in Milwaukee with a veteran team and uh, Dedekumbo, their their window to win a championship is 
you know, at least several more years. And they go with uh, an untested head coach. We, we know Adrian. He was on Scott Skiles' staff and um, is an outstanding person, um, character-wise, great basketball mind. And so from that standpoint, not really a surprise, but just his lack of experience as a head coach, um, that one surprised me a little bit. But, you know, when you when you think about it, it, it makes a lot of sense for Milwaukee. And uh, but he's it, he's going to be under a lot of pressure. I mean, they're, they're going to be expected to come out of the Eastern Conference next year. And a first year head coach, um, that's asking. a David, Coach Bud, two years removed from an NBA title. I mean, is that crazy? That's where we're at now. Is that what have you done for me lately? That's crazy. And, and coach of the year. And coach, and coach of, the of the year. year. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy, isn't it? I, you know, the the quality of the coaches that were let go, and then you follow that up with the two teams that make the NBA finals have two of the most tenured coaching staffs. Um, you know, and it just makes you wonder, you know, like you're trying to build something and all these people say, you know, this is the way you do it. It's a process and everything. The two teams that are really following along uh, in Denver and Miami get to the NBA finals. So um, it's going to be interesting. That Phoenix thing is going to be crazy. I just don't know, like, it, what do they fill their roster out with? You know, yeah. you're you're basically – you know, I don't know that Kevin Durant has played more than 50 games in the last, uh, you know, what, three years. Um, Bradley Beal has been injury prone. So better better be doing some good scouting out there in Phoenix to, to fill out that roster. Well, and Jeff, if there's one thing we know, right, it's the Bruce Browns, right? It's, you know, Jeff Green even hit a couple of shots. Yeah. It's those guys coming in and helping you win finals games. Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, right? It's the other guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, very important that you put, you know, do your homework, put your roster together. But I just, you know, just, you know, I love that the Denver story, the way they built it through the draft, you know, began adding pieces, um, but really kind of stay in the course um, with Coach Malone and, you know, and, and waiting on Jamal Murray and, you know, developing. It's just, um, it's just a great story. A model, you know, maybe yeah, right. for, for us here in Orlando, I think. That's right. Get your MVP, Jake, at 41. So we got the 36th pick coming up in the draft, right? We can, <laughs> yeah. Can't, how about, can't wait how for about that Motown? You're know, one of your former stops there, Jake. Motown landing, Monty Williams. That seemed like a big pickup for them. Yeah, they're, I mean, it's it's so strange because you ask anybody who's remotely associated with the NBA, and Monty Williams is just universally respected. So they pounced. Tom Gores saw Monty Williams on the market, and they went out and they grabbed him. And between Dwayne Casey sliding into the front office, um, Coach Beeline is you know, still being involved there. I mean, they have a whole bunch of combined experience um, and leadership capabilities mm -hmm. within that front office. And Monty is just, he just seems like the perfect guy to lead that young core into the future. I'll, I'll, I'll throw one more in there that really surprised me a year ago, Nick nurse was on top of the world and, and everybody thought that that Toronto organization was mm -hmm. one of the most um, um, complete and, and sort of everybody on the same page. And what that's, it's, that's what happens with expectations. One sort of faulty year. You want to talk about expectations. He's got a lot more in Philadelphia yeah. now, but I was surprised that they made that move, and, and and it just goes to show you, like you said, what have you done for me lately? I mean, to be on top. What Richie Adubato used to say, winning coach of the year is a kiss of death. Yes, kiss of death. I think that, right. that has never proven more true. <laughs> You're exactly right. Magic fans, grab yourself an ice-cold Starry Lemon Lime Soda. Starry hits different. Starry is official soft drink 
of the Orlando Magic. I'm going to grab one. I'm going to grab one right now. Yeah, watch it. Oh, you drink right out of the two liter. Mm-hmm. Oh, good for you. Just slugs mm. it. Mm. Good for you. Yeah, I'm there's not enough in here for me. I'm, I'm guessing they're more. a little more classy in the steel household. I'm guessing they don't do it that way. <laughs> Maybe in a glass with ice. George, you <laughs> yeah, think the Starry will just will take, uh, you know, just eliminate your coffee needs anymore? Just go Starry in the morning. Yes. I'm going to go right. Yeah. I mean, at this, we're recording this in the morning. I'm going to be fired for the whole day now. Yeah, I'm good. Draft you, and me, on Thursday. you and me on a road trip no coffee bars yeah. we're going to the local we're going right store get us I a couple like stars is it is it Chris? a four ounce can you're holding jeff or is it just how you big know, your hands are I, you, know what, <laughs> you know what's really cool and i found this is a seven and a half ounce can okay. isn't that cool just a shot in the morning i just need a <laughs> shot like of starry like a you know, I, don't want, I don't want the two liter you know it's i'm getting older <laughs> JT, like stay, JT, stay ignoring the the, JT ignoring the email <laughs> saying that the 12 or 24 ounce cans are best for, for the pod squad, but that's okay. That's, that's all okay. right. Hey, that's a shot. A little shot. Seven in the house. It's a shot. Dante Marcatelli, David Steele, Jake Chapman, George Galante, Boban Marjanovic here with you as we get ready for, <laughs> for the draft coverage comes your way Thursday at eight o'clock on ABC and ESPN. David, this time of year, you know, obviously, you've been doing this for 34 years. This will go into 35 next year. Are you scouring the the coverage, trying to learn these guys? I know you watch a lot of college basketball anyway, but you're reading the mock drafts. I mean, this is this is a cool time of year for fans as we, you know, as we kind of every fan of every team trying to wonder who you're going to add to your team. But how much do you get into all of this and the mock drafts and everything that goes into the draft? Oh, I, I read everything I can find, yes. uh, you know, Dante, like all of us, I'm sure, you know, and but, you know, I've learned through the years, and it doesn't take very long to learn this, that um, there's a lot of smoke, a lot of smoke screens going up right now. So uh, you take everything you read with a grain of salt. But you do, I think, get a sense of at least, you know, who, what the names are, who, who the players are that are going to be slotted in the lottery. And um, yeah, it looks like this draft really starts at number three. There's some drama at two and three uh, with Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller, whether Charlotte, Portland get those two guys. But um, it looks like the top three is pretty well set. I would be shocked if anything different happened in one, two, three. But after that, from everything I've seen, it looks like a wide open draft. And uh, so at six and 11, there there are a multitude of possibilities for the magic. And um, yeah, it's fascinating to me. It's, uh, it's, it, it's one of the great times of the year in the NBA. It really is. It's a lot of fun to follow this. You know what, guys, we, we always say this is, you know, this organization, they this, this regime, they did a great job of setting it up. Look, at you've got two lottery picks. You've got six and 11. You can move it if they choose to. They can move up. They can move down, move back. You've got free agency with your salary cap flexibility, right? I mean, and now, lo and behold, as we go into this summer, whether any of it happens, all these guys that are rumored to be moved, now all of a sudden Orlando is kind of one of the a, a rumored, rumored destination for some of these guys, which I know is fun for Magic fans. They've really, Jeff and John, you got to give them credit for how they've set this team up going into this draft. Well, I think it's fun for us too, right? I mean, we've yeah. gone into some drafts where we, we're, you know, you're in desperation mode, right? Like we need, we need some help. We, we, we need somebody to come in and really take the reins of this, of this team. And over the last few years, like you said, Jeff and John have done a good job of, of, of plugging in the right holes, picking the right guys. You look at our roster now and, and you can clearly see we have Paolo Bancaro, who is obviously the clear cut rookie of the year. You have Franz Wagner, you have Jalen Suggs, you have Wendell Carter Jr. So you have you have some flexibility now to 
kind of step back and you don't need a rookie that's going to come in. And Jeff said it yesterday uh, to the media that you don't need a rookie that's going to come in and automatically just be handed minutes. Like this, whoever comes in for us is going to have to, to really earn their spot. And that's good for everybody. I mean, that's good for, for competition uh, in practices. That's good for whoever we, we pick to, to, to earn their stripes. And it's just a little, it, it, this draft feels a little different than the last few have. I don't, I don't, I'm assuming you guys agree with that. It just, it feels like we're definitely, and you, we know nothing is linear, right? Like just because we improved by 12 games last year, doesn't mean we're going to improve by 12 games this year and win 45. But you look at the, the landscape of the team and, and things are definitely trending upwards for this magic organization. No doubt about that. Yeah, I would even think that, you know, if you're Jeff and John, maybe the, the, the one change in the draft room this year is you can be a little bit more um, choosy in terms of, you know, instead of just best player available, you can you can kind of look towards need a little bit more now, you know, based on, you know, what's what's in place okay, thus far. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know that that will be the case. I mean, you always want to add to your roster with talent and everything, but, you know, as, as um, you know, you, you, there's, there's some really good shooters out there. Maybe you can, you know, one of the picks, you can address some of that issue, but maybe look towards need a little bit more than say you have in the past. I think that's the most interesting aspect of it this year. And especially having two picks, because, you know, if you stay at six and 11, technically you could take the best player available with one and and one that might sort of cater to what you need. No matter what, you shouldn't expect anybody to come in and play starter level minutes at 19 years old right now, no matter what. But obviously you want somebody who's going to contribute, but it does. It just feels like we have a direction now and and we can make those picks sort of based on what we have in house. (laughs) Whereas last year, even and certainly two years ago, we just wanted guys who could play. We just wanted to make sure we had something. uh, we, We weren't sort of burning those picks. Now, all of a sudden, you can kind of cater it a little bit. And that's a really, really interesting place to be, both with two picks with all your future picks, with Denver's future first in 25, with all the cap space and flexibility you have, you can really do whatever it is you want to do. You know, you say say that, um, and it's largely true, that uh, a 19-year-old is not going to come in and make, you can't expect a a 19-year-old to come in and make a significant impact. But you think about our drafts the last two years, they have. Number eight. Franz Wagner came in, and from day one of training camp, it was obvious that that guy was going to play big minutes. And then, of course, Bancaro was a no-brainer. Um, he f- he filled the need at the four, and and he he's a great player. But you know, so I I don't know that you can really say that. I think there, you know, this is a strong draft. I, you know, Jeff Weltman, John Hammond, um, they're they're looking at a lot of talented players. That uh, who knows who's going to pop? Who knew Franz Wagner was going to pop at number eight? So. Um, you know, this is pretty exciting time. We, we could really come out and we have the need, you know, Jeff said the shooting, obviously it's a, you know, it's a team that hasn't shot the three ball well for many years that, that, that needs to be addressed either in free agency or in the draft. And also I think, uh, you know, a, a wing with size who can handle the ball, uh, make some shots, maybe, you know, play a little one. I think that would be fill a great need for the team as well. You know, a, a, a uh, a two, three that can play maybe even some one. Um, and I, you know, I think they may be looking in that direction too to fill a need. 
Well, you're right, David. It just feels like the last couple of years, and we've talked about it on a number of shows, just to address the shooting issue, right, at, at some point, and whether internally or free agency or through the draft, right, Jeff? You, you kind of agree with David on maybe that that might be a need. Where, where, do, where do you see some of the holes that they could address in the draft here? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, in today's NBA, I think that's that's key. But, you know, as, as David points out, you know, you, you can address that through the draft, but, you know, there's also a free agency piece to this as well. You know, we don't know where, uh, you know, where this will end up, whether we'll have, you know, both picks or we'll end up moving one. But um, I think, and absolutely, I think internally, I think we've got guys that have the ability um, to shoot the ball better than what we've seen in the past. It just takes the work. Uh, in the gym. Certainly we know we've got guys that are willing to put in the time and do the work. Um, but there's just something about having guys that, you know, coming in, that's their, that's their strength is they can flat out knock down shots. Um, and I, I, for me personally, I think that takes, you know, Paolo Bancaro and, and Franz Wagner, uh, Markel Fultz, you know, it takes everybody to another level when you add, pieces like that they give you spacing on the floor well jeff dive in if you don't mind on that because i, I think for the most part we, we kind of understand what you mean by that but if you've got paulo franz markel and you've got a guy that's a knockdown shooter how does that open everything up for those guys well i mean i think we saw a little bit of it right in in the in the in the playoffs this year particularly um you know you, you just take a look at at what, what miami did you know they didn't shoot it well during the season but during the the, their playoff one, they were right around 40%. And, you know, just the the attention in your scouting report that you have to commit when you're on your rotations to guys that can knock down shots, um, you know, the, the distance that you have to, um, you have to close out, it helps, you know, your playmaking players. Um, you know, in our case, you know, for me, you know, the, the ability to put the ball in Paolo's hands, um, and give him space. We saw that this year, right? Like when he he has the ability with his size to put it on the floor and create space. And as teams began to scout him a little bit better, they were packing the paint a little bit more, building the walls uh, yeah, that right. we hear so much <laughs> about. Um, that wall is not as easy to, to build and really make it tight. It's more like a chain link fence when you have shooters, right? <laughs> um, Right. And so, you know, I think that's, you know, that's the part that I think when we begin to get to that point um, where as a team, we're in that upper, you know, shooting 37, 38 yes. percent as a team, um, then you're really going to see our star players blossom. Well, regardless, we know it's going to be a fun season. Magic fans, you can get your tickets on. Season tickets are on sale now, orlandomagic.com slash season tickets. Jake, you and I do magic drive time every day during the season, and we always laugh. Fans of every team are phenomenal, right? You just say, okay, you've got 6 and 11. Just get number 3. Just put them together and get three. <laughs> put them together. You know, just tell Portland you're going to take three or get four from Houston. It and Jeff Weltman said it yesterday. It takes two to tango, right? You got you got to have a partner that's willing 
to do that in any scenario, right? I, I love the chatter from Magic fans, and and that's what to me what makes this time of year so much fun. You, you got to have another team if you're going to make a move of any kind that's willing to work with you. I think it's NFL draft think because six and eleven in the NFL draft equals three, but six and eleven in the yeah, NBA but, draft does not necessarily <laughs> equal be. three. It's just because of it's a five man sport, and if you got a guy there at three that you think is a franchise changer, you're going to take him. You have to take a risk grabbing two guys at six and 11 that may be, you know, it's um, and each year is different. And and you could get, of course, just as good a player uh, with the six or 11th pick or 15th or, you know, 41st or whatever. Yeah, right. um, but, but, but I, I, I think we fall victim to that every year. And then the obvious thing is it's also take the, you don't want our 10th and 11th guy for your potential all-star. Like I, I don't, it's, it, as long <laughs> as the numbers work in trade talks online, yeah. everybody thinks um, that that's, that that's going to go through. Uh, again, we are in a situation right now where we can we can listen, we can we can be involved in every talk, we can glom on and be the third team uh, and facilitate a trade if need be. Um, but I do think, look, Charlotte and Portland are sitting in two very very interesting spots there at two and three. It seems like we all know which players will be drafted at two and three, just not necessarily who goes where. So, um, boy, props to Steve Clifford. I think I'm kind of happy for the Hornets, happy for Cliff to be in a situation right now where they have some options, but I think it's going to be, there's a lot of intrigue there, especially when you think about Portland and Damian Lillard and, and what direction they're headed right now. Um, that's going to be very fast. And, and I just think, it, I don't think, I don't think much will happen until draft night, until the board starts falling yeah. and until either of those two guys are off the board. And then I think it could be an absolute melee. Well, they say the draft starts at what five? I we've known. I'm not buying any of the hype. We've known for the last decade what the first five picks are going to be. It's kind of right. We see all the mock drafts, and with the exception of Anthony Bennett, I, I think everything's kind of fallen in the line. Uh, but not to say there won't be trades or moves that happen. But you know, George, this front office is tight lipped. You had the number one pick last year, where it did. You could have told. You could have screamed it from the mountaintops, and it wouldn't have changed anything. You could have had. You still would have had the number one pick, right? So we know they're not going to let anything out about six or or eleven or anything like that. What do you observe with this front office when when you're when you're around them and and kind of how they do their their day to day, bringing guys in for workouts and things like that. And that that no stone will be unturned for sure. Yeah. I, the, all these guys do their research and and, and they, they want to get their work done before. You know, and it's just like everybody else, right? They want to get their work done before the draft. You know, like the draft should once the draft comes, they they should be ready for any scenario, and they, and they will be. And we've proven over the years that that they have been able to pivot and and, and move accordingly and and adjust to whatever the board is is dictating. Uh, they're just over, over prepared. And that's the thing you like about Jeff and John and, and the whole staff is that they will leave no stone unturned. Um, there will be no guy that they don't know anything about, or you know, they'll know everything about every guy as much as they can possibly know. Um, and, and they're, they'll be willing to do anything right. L listen, we could take both picks. We could package both picks. We could move up. We could move down. There's all kinds of things that are still going to be on the table um, and you won't know about it until it happens. That's for right, sure. Right. I mean, we're not, we're not going to, uh, <laughs> there's going to be no leaks. There's good. Cause, uh, I like my job. And if I, <laughs> so, if I, you know, if I, you're not going to, you're not going to divulge it. Yeah. You're not going to get it from me. I'm just going right. to be sitting here drinking a nice cold, crisp, clear story. That's what I'm going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so, Can't get in trouble that way. Imagine <laughs> you grab yourself a nice cold starry lemon lime soda. Right. 
You got a bathroom close by, George? <laughs> <laughs> yep. As soon as we're done here, I'll be heading right over there. But that's what you know, listen. These guys are prepared. They will be prepared to make the right decision. They're going to do what's best in the interest of the franchise, and they're not going to they're not going to skip any steps. Right? Jeff said that yesterday. We are not just because we're on an upward trend. We're not going to skip any steps in this process. And so, and uh, Thursday night's draft will be part of that process. And whether that's adding two lottery picks, whether that's adding one lottery pick, who knows? We, we, we won't know until that night comes. And that's what makes draft night so much fun. Oh, I, really I have a question. What, what do you guys think about the, the notion of being too young? We already have a young core adding two more young players at six and 11. It's something that I've seen sort of discussed. Obviously it depends on who the players are. Do they come in? Are they mature? Um, but is it, is that a concern having six, seven under 25s on roster? I don't think that it is going to be that big of a concern if if you like the two players there. And it is a young roster, but like George just said, the the, the front office uh, they have a they have a plan, they have a process, and if, if they can strike with free agency this year, they have that flexibility. But if not, then they can strike uh, down the road next year. You know, could be the year that we use some of that uh, free agent money that we have available under the cap. So I think you could go either way with it, and you're still going to get better because, like Jeff said, these young guys that we have, they're going to get better. There, yeah. There's going to be a step forward from all the young guys. And, you know, Wendell is, what, six years in the league. Markel, six, seven years in the league. Um, the Franz will be in his third year. It's a young team, but it's not that young. I mean, it, it still is one of the younger rosters. But in terms of playing time and experience, um, you know, this team has uh, has a chance to get better without adding nothing. So if you add two more really talented young players, then I don't think that sets you back. I mean, it, if you're trying to make a jump, obviously, in one year from this year to next, then you would you would go all in on trying to get a big free agent, maybe dump these picks. But I don't think the team needs to be in that situation. I, I, I think they can grow um, organically and, and still add a couple of young players. How do you feel, J.T.? I think it's, I think the big thing is, is like you're adding assets, right? I think from, from the, the standpoint of that, you know, when you look at it, you sign two lottery picks, those are rookie scale, you know, contracts that those are four year deals. So you've locked yourself into that, you know, that's, you know, if you're looking at, you know, in the future, you know, your continued flexibility. Yeah. It's obviously maybe that's a concern or something, but, following along what George and David just said, if you've done your homework and you make the right picks, um, then you've, you've got assets, right? There, there are, you know, they are, they don't fit your particular team. They're, they're workable assets in a deal going forward or uh, along those lines. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, I'm, I, I'm with David. I think, you know, you start, here's the deal is like the, the old rule used to be that guys, and it may still be the case. I'm not really sure, but you peak, you, you really start to come into your own as a player, 27, 28 years old, something like that. You know, we're still in that 25 range, but we got guys that started in that 18. So they've got six, yeah, seven years, true. you know, much like Tatum and Brown in Boston, right? They've got that experience. They're all still very young. They started very young as well. So maybe that timeline is you know, moving up a little bit where you you start really coming into your own and peaking uh, around that 25, 26 range. And, and we've got guys uh, that are right there. I think just for me, 
the continuity of what we, you know, finished the season with, you know, over those what last, what is it, 57 games? Is that what we were looking at? Um, and, and what we did, you know, coming back in, adding the right pieces to that. Um, I, I'm just excited. I think it could be a lot of fun, whichever way um, Jeff and John go. It's just adding the right pieces so that they complement what you have now. Well, to piggyback on on kind of what Jake and just to kind of think about about it the other way, but if you decide to add a veteran, maybe it's a bench guy, a guy coming off, right? What you you see, you know, there's no Udonis Haslam's left, right? The Ish, how about Ish Smith getting his right first championship after yeah. 13 seasons, right? You got, got there are so many valuable veterans that that really don't didn't have roles on the floor, but massive massive locker room roles, right? Jeff Green kind of did both, helped you. How important is it to get the right veteran? If you're going to add a veteran, a guy that can be a voice that can help you, couldn't that, you know, if you decide to go that route, couldn't that be something that really, and not saying Michael Carter Williams or Gary Harris or any of these guys aren't doing that or or couldn't be the answer to to some of that moving forward. But if you decide to add that piece, how much could that help these young guys? I don't think our team needs to add a veteran who is the 12th or 13th player on the bench. I, I think if you add a veteran with in our situation, he needs to be a rotation guy. He needs to be a guy that uh, the, the, the players in the locker room listen to and respect because of what he can do you know, on the court and what he brings off the court uh, because it's such a young team. You know, you talked about Ish Smith. Denver has a, has a veteran roster. Um, Ish Smith was a good guy in that locker room. The Heat, you know, he's been there for – 20 years, yeah, he, right. he kind of sets their culture. But in our situation, I think if we add a veteran, he needs to be a rotation guy and and, and a guy that, you know, high character um, that, that players will follow. And you can get those guys without signing them to massive money or long-term deals. Mm-hmm. You look at, you know, Kevin Love was bought out. KCP was huge for Denver down the stretch. It, Bruce Brown and some of these guys. I mean, it, you don't. You can get a guy who plays a big role without, you know, splashing a whole bunch of money and and years at him. Um, it's 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 just all about fit. Who fits the culture? Who understands what Coach Mosley's trying to do and who supports our young players well and who buys in? Who wants to come and help this team get to the next level? It, it is a little bit different when you go to Denver, you're ring hunting. Um, this would be a little bit different, a challenge, but I think there are plenty of guys who could help us um, and, and, and be seven, eight, nine, uh, ninth men on this team without, without needing a whole bunch of money thrown at them. Yeah. Unfortunately, all those guys are going to Phoenix. They got plenty of roster <laughs> space for them. They're all going veteran minimum. If, you, so. <laughs> if you're ring there, hunting and that. you're going to play yeah. for the minimum, you're going to Phoenix. You're exactly right. You're exactly yeah. right. Oh man, I tell you. Well, this team is in a it's in a great it's in a great position no matter what it decides to do or or where it's gonna go. And now we we kind of watch how it all unfolds over the next couple of days. I don't know about you guys, but I got a massive kick, and I don't know how much of a role you played in this, George, but seeing Paolo everywhere for the last couple of weeks, the Magic got a guy that is recognizable, identifiable by Magic fans globally, right? I thought it was great that he went back to the to the uh what Formula One race and was interviewed. Yeah. By that, <laughs> this time <laughs> that he knew who he was a rookie of the year, Paolo Bancaro. He was at the NBA Finals. I thought that was that. That's that's fun for this team and this fan base. I, it is fun, fun uh, for you to coordinate, George. It's but fun, fun turning on the television set, and and uh, then there's a commercial on, and Paolo's on the commercial for uh, what was it for Gran Turismo? The the movie yes. was it a movie video? Right. It was a movie, right? The movie Gran Turismo. Yeah. All the above. He, 
listen, this is a guy that Magic fans have have been wanting, right? This is a guy we've been starving for uh, for the last 10 years almost. So uh, it, it's good to have that centerpiece that that we can that we can build around and uh, and that fans are excited. Players are excited. Staff is excited. I, I, it just gets one piece in this puzzle that Jeff and John have been putting together. And li- listen, the draft is just it's not to it's not just to make 23 24 better right this is this is something to look for for years yeah uh, it's just it's just a part of the puzzle and this puzzle is is much bigger than just the 23 24 season it's a part of it and it, it's it's fun to to speculate how this is going to go and and, it, and and you're right it's nice to have a guy like Paolo uh and there's going to be more stuff coming this summer I think for Paolo I mean he's got some he's got some national team decisions to make right yeah he's, right and, you know, to, to see how he goes into his sophomore year and takes that next step. It's, it's a very exciting time to be a magic fan. Good to have options. I offered my services to every country and it was denied. (laughs) Nobody wanted me on their, on their Olympic team. No. So we'll have to see, we'll have to see how that plays out. I I, I think about, you know, guys, you're going into this thing and you got Jamal Mosley, right. Who, who has pieces now and he's got, we, we know what Apollo, we think we know what Paolo is going to be, what Franz is going to be, what Wendell is going to be big year for some other guys, isn't it? You think about who some of the guys that might, we, we might be looking at to take a jump, maybe Jalen Suggs, Bo Bowl. What's Bo Bowl going to look like now that he kind of understands what it's like to play an entire season, Chuma, Cole Anthony, in that six man role, if that's what it's going to be, or is he going to, Push to be in the starting lineup. I mean, we got big years for guys, and we got some we got some rotation decisions, which is exciting. Yeah, no question about it. Um, like we were saying earlier, there uh, it's a young team, but uh, Cole Anthony going into what his third year, um, so he's a guy that uh, we saw him take a big step last year. Um, his opportunity is going to be there for minutes because of his ability to score the basketball, whether he is a starter or coming off the bench. Can Jalen? take another step forward. Can, can he become a more consistent outside shooter and, you know, put the brakes a little bit uh, on, uh, on his, his uh, reckless, sometimes reckless uh, driving right. to the basket. But, you know, you don't want to take that totally away because, you know, that's part of what makes him Jalen Suggs. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think he can make a few uh, adjustments to the way that he attacks the game and he can take another step forward. Does Jonathan Isaac make another run mm-hmm. at it? Because, mm-hmm. you know, he, he had an injury late last season, but, you know, he's trying to get ready for another run. Uh, and, you know, we all hope that, that he can get healthy. So, yeah, there, there are a lot of interesting storylines for the team coming up this year. And I know Coach Mosley, Jeff, I know you have a lot of conversations with Mose For a coach, right, you got, you, you got in pieces now. you got assets. You've got guys you can work in. And I, I, how quickly, I mean, does it take – Do you does a coach know through training camp? Do you got to get through the preseason? Does it take a quarter of the season? How quickly will he know – Okay, this, th- these are the guys I need to go to. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think he learned a lot about his team, uh, about his coaching staff and, and what they were trying to accomplish um, at the end of last, you know, season, how the team finished, um, you know, getting some of those, advice, you know, what you're talking about, adding Jonathan Isaac back into the mix if he's healthy. Um, you know, we're looking at those, you know, how does – you know, from a guard standpoint, it's always going to be interesting how those rotations are, but I thought he had a nice feel for that towards the end of the season. Um, the rotation of the bigs, that's going to be interesting um, to see how it goes. What I think Mose has done, though, is 
He is really over these past two seasons and going into this year, he's kind of set um, a standard. This is how we're going to play the game. Right. And I think yep. that continuity of uh, here's my expectations. You know, you always want to raise the bar level up as he likes to say, um, you know, each year um, demand a little bit more, but most of these guys, when you're talking about what's coming back, Understanding the playbook, now being able to add a little bit more, um, you know, maybe do a little bit more defensively, change some things. Um, I think those are those are all positives that Mose has put in. I just really like the atmosphere around this ball club. You know, yes. the way that they cheer for one another. Um, you know, it, it, culture is one of those words that gets thrown around and everything. But I, I, I do think it's important that, you know, when you come into a situation, you've got guys that have been here, you've got, it's like, no, 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 no. In this building, this is the way we do things, right? This is what's expected of us, you know, kind of thing. Guys buy into that. I think people want to be a part of something like that. And um, to me, that's the thing I've been most impressed with Mose is his ability to communicate exactly what that looks like. I get an opportunity to do that. I love what Wellman said yesterday. This is becoming a destination in all of his conversations with agents and free agents and things like that. He's realizing this is Orlando's becoming a destination. And I think that's pretty cool for, for magic fans as well. Another destination, the Orlando magic team shop at Amway center. You can visit in person or go to Orlando magic shop.com. You can even bring your starry in there. If you want, like George, right. Just grab that two liter bottle. Yeah, you just grab it. And just got nice bring it right star. in. Yeah. Walk down the road, lemon, mm -hmm. lime, soda, starry hits different. The official soft drink of the Orlando magic. Okay. Last thoughts guys. And, and I thought this was uh pretty cool. JJ Reddick, right? Did you see his comments? He thinks the magic are going to be, one of those teams that makes a big jump next year. We don't know, right? They finished last year 34 and 48. They did jump 12 games, a 12 win improvement from the previous season. But old former Magic player JJ Redick predicting the Magic being one of the teams that take a big jump, basically because of what you said earlier, JT, the last 57 games of the season, you're a 500 ball club. If you don't start five and 20 and you have Markell and you have your pieces in place from the beginning, I don't see how he's wrong. I, I think this Magic team can certainly be a team that's, you know, that's fighting for playoff contention, certainly, and, and maybe being one of those teams that takes a leap. Hey, remember down the stretch, what did we have for the most part? We had health. We had yes, guys right, in right. the lineup and everything. And, and that's the thing. When you, when you look at our roster, uh, if you have availability, if you have the guys there that, you know, you can pluck and fill in and, and do all those things, this is a pretty solid little solid roster, right? Um, but you know that's that's part of the game. That's part of the NBA. But uh, you know, I I agree. I you know I think in one of JJ's uh, comments, you know, he, he even mentioned Markel. I I, yeah. I really that's one of the things I'm looking forward to this season. I just want that kid to come into camp, be healthy, and just from the get go. Because I just um, you know it's a big year for him. And I, and I look forward to seeing what he's going to be able to pull with it. And I think J.J. made the same point. I'll say this about J.J.'s um, point, what he said about the Magic, um, and give him credit. At least he seems to know, you know, about the team. It seems like he <laughs> follows uh, maybe all 30 teams when you right. have so many pundits and experts who maybe follow yes. three teams or four or five. Yes, but, yes. Uh, you know, at least his eyes are open to other things around the NBA, and he realizes that, 
you know, the Lakers and the Knicks and the Heat and the Suns are not the only teams <laughs> in the NBA. So give him nice. credit for that, right? Love it. A little, so- a little soft spot. But I, 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 that's nice, David. Well said. Did any part of you guys appreciate what the Heat did to get to the NBA final? Congratulations nope. to the Denver no, Nuggets, right? No, I did not. I, nope. I couldn't find myself getting there. I didn't appreciate, I appreciate any none of it. Not I wanted a 40-point loss in every game. Yep. But it, when I'm, it is, I'm going to put myself on mute right now just so I don't get myself in trouble. <laughs> well, congratulations to Aaron Gordon, Ish Smith, Michael Malone, the Denver Nuggets, the NBA champions, and congratulations, Magic fans. This is going to be fun on draft night, guys. It'll be weird not being in the building. George, you'll be there. You'll be a yep. part of this, but uh, it'll be fun to see what the Magic do. Possibilities are endless, and uh, we'll we'll see. We'll take it from there. The draft comes your way at eight o'clock on ABC and ESPN. And uh, with that, we thank everyone for listening to the draft episode of Magic Pod Squad presented by Starry. Go get yourself a Starry. David, we got some on the way. Don't worry. I'm running out. I'm running out. It's a generic Pups and Cups coffee. Generic. Are you sipping it? That looks full still, George. I'm trying. Let's drink it. You got to relax your throat. Get down. Remember college? (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you. Enjoy the draft. Friday. So we'll have another podcast coming your way on Friday with the first pick for the Orlando Magic potentially, and more story from George. We'll talk to you then. So many bubbles.